welcome back to Dog Show Drive with Wayne and Will. I'm Wayne Kavanaugh. I'm Will Alexander. Yes, you are, young William, and the world is a better place for it. Love it when you call me young William. (laughs) (laughs) This week's episode, we're going to talk about all the breeds we love and live with every day. The sport as a whole, are there still too many? And the loss of some a great man in both hockey and dogs. All that and more, right here on the Dog Show Drive. Well, good morning there, young William. How are you? Uh, I'm good, Wayne. I'm good. Things are coming together. I just, um, I went to, I got up really early because the Beagle woke me up, you know, and I decided I'll go to the grocery store because I like to go and there are no people there, Will. Yeah. And um, I walked in the grocery store and I realized I hadn't looked in the mirror when I left. My hair was sticking straight up. And then I looked down and I had my bedroom slippers on. I didn't put my shoes I thought somebody's going to call for the ambulance. <laughs> somebody's escaped. <laughs> have you so been, to a, have you been to a Walmart recently? Well, I would have looked pretty classy in the Walmart. Exactly. Yeah. This is a Meyer, which is an upgrade, yeah. upgraded version of Walmart. There's a chain here called Meyer and Frederick Meyer, Michigan guy. He built these incredible, they used to be called Meyer's Thrifty Acres. They were Walmart before Walmart was Walmart. And they were very established here, and they still are. So Walmart came in and built them next to Meyer. Well, guess what? We're Michiganders, man. We just go to Meyer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. And Target it's tried to come way here. Cleaner. Didn't work. Yeah, really. No. Cool. It's way cleaner and neater too. Well, that's you were dying to hear that, folks. So uh, here we go. Anyway, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful day. <laughs> um, I just sent an article in for the Chronicle, which will probably appear this week. And Will and I talked last week when I got off the air, we were going to, I was going to do some math on the dog shows. In August and September, Will, those two months, 61 days, starting tomorrow, wherever it is, um, the next 61 days, how many chances to go best in show do you think you have? Afraid to. 416. 416 shows in the next 61 days. What the hell is going on? And why isn't something doing? I mean, do something about this. So you win a best in show. Yeah, you and 416 other people. Woo. I mean, I'm not discounting the best in shows. I'm just saying it's just too much. 416. We've been through this. I don't know what the answer is. It's getting, it is out of control. You know, it's like climate change. We've been talking about it for 20 years. Now it's really here hitting us. And we're going, oh, yeah, maybe there is something to do. That, you know, maybe there is something in this. Now that we have hurricanes and tornadoes in the middle of places where they never had them before. And yeah. 98 degree days and the hottest day in history for for a continued number of days in Phoenix, I think it was. So, yeah, same thing with number of dogs. We just keep talking about it. But no one does anything about it. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And you know who's tired of it, Will? The people in the sport. For the most part, I believe you're right. Um, I was talking to Tom Grady uh, last week, and he said that um, more and more handlers are telling him, I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't. I can't imagine how this exhausting it must be trying to keep up. I I had enough shows that it was when I showed dogs, and I was the summer, the summer, exhausted me i was done i needed a vacation yep it's out of control and it's not healthy no for anybody the dogs for sure they're in the van or in a crate for most of the time how fun is that for them for their mental and physical health for their i mean half of them in there now for being campaigned hard unless it's a hand that really takes time and many of them do to exercise them bike them a treadmill. Still, you can do you can do all those things. It's still mileage. Yeah, it's still mileage on that dog. Yeah. Like I think back, um, 
a few years ago, there was a very successful campaign here in Canada. And I won't say what breed it was. And the, the dog was starting to wear out. I could, I could see it. And the people yeah. came to me and said, well, what should we do? I said, he needs time off. He definitely mm-hmm. needs time off. And they listened to me and he came back in the fall and he caught right back up and surpassed it and won what they wanted to win. So, yeah, we just need a break. And you you look at the, the poor people, not the poor people, but the people that are traveling to two, 300 shows a year. What's their life like? What's their health like? What's their home life like? Is it worth family? Is it worth um, savings? Is it worth your health physically and mentally to win ribbons? That's a good point. Like even what I've been through the past, this past month, I was so busy this past month and it caught up to me. It caught up to me when I got home from Newfoundland. It hit me hard and I've been down for two weeks, you know? You feeling better, bud? A little better? I I feel better, yeah. Things are... are, uh, I'm not... I was only Take a it easy. stomach infection away from my goal weight, so I've reached it. So <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it, I guess. No. Right. Anyway, um, I don't want to beat that dead horse anymore, but yes, I do. Because, We're gonna have to. I don't know yeah. what any other choice yeah. because no one <clears throat> no one has to listen at some point. If someone's not talking about it, no one's gonna listen. Here's the problem. Well, I'll tell you, and this is this might get me in trouble, but I'll tell you the problem. No one has the courage to do it because they're afraid they're going to get yelled at by delegates or be unpopular or not get votes. You have to do the right thing, not the popular thing. Yeah. It can't be a people pleaser. You got to do the right thing if you really care about the sport. And that's a hard thing to do for a lot of people. It is. It is. We just need more people in the sport that are willing. I don't mean just the AKC. We need more people in the sport that are willing to step up and say, what can I do? But they're and I don't know what the answer is. We discussed this last week, and I, or a few weeks ago. Even Doctor Ernie discussed it with me. Show after show after show, and the same judging panel because because of the scarcity of judges, they get a, a, a rerun of the same judges, and exhibitors get upset because they 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 lost two weeks going to the same judge. Why come back? But they do. It's like that drug we talked about last week, the dopamine effect. It is. is. That's the name of the article, by the way. Is it different? Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just tried to put the two things together and it scared me, but I did it anyway. Um, One of the things that we forget in this whole melee is that when we were members of our local club, you put on your show in your local area. You were the place where the local community knew you were going to have a show and came out to your show one day a year. We don't have that anymore. You run all these shows together because they have to financially, whatever the thing is, and not even their own state, they're clustered together. And you ask anybody at that show on a Thursday, what show is this today? They won't even know. They won't even know which kennel club it is on that day. There's no identity. And when we had the whole idea of kennel clubs was to host an event and a match show and educational activities in that community. And everyone came out and learned. And some people came and bought dogs and showed them. Who's going to come to a cluster that they don't know anything about? They don't even know where it is. There's no advertising. There's no signs. There's just nothing to tell the community they're there. You don't see spectators at shows anymore. No. Rarely, rarely. And when you do, uh, you wonder if they're getting the attention or even what they think of this unspecial show. I mean, Mike and Michelle Scott do a cool thing at Westchester, as does Somerset Hills and that whole weekend. They have an identity every day. They change the flowers. They change the colors. They make it special that it's their day. Now, it's no longer where it was. They're grouped together. But at least they try to maintain some sense of identity. Now it's just throw them in a blender and you're not serving the public in your community. The whole idea of all breed clubs was to serve the dog sport in your community. You were the go-to for purebred dogs in your area. The media knew you were there. The people knew you were there. The fans knew you were there. The local businesses knew that you were there and they were waiting for you. The restaurants, the hotels, they were waiting for the dog show people to come to town. 
We don't have that anymore. And that's a real disconnect. You want to know why the sport's dying? That's another, not dying, but certainly shrinking. Um, that's one big reason. Because we're not doing the individual community outreach. There are clubs that do it. There are clubs that do it. But it's nothing, nothing like it used to be. We'd have two or three matches a year. And we have our Aubrey show, one, one Aubrey show a year. Somehow that was sufficient. And the entries were bigger, of course, and the spectator gate was bigger. But we want more. We want more. And more ends up being less, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot less. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to continue down that road anymore. I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing us talk about it, but somebody has to. Somebody That's has what to. I think. But well, we do have some sad news to report. Well, and this is a personal one for us. Um, wow. We lost Rocky Wirtz yesterday. Yeah, Rockwell Wirtz. I'm sure most of you don't even know who he is because unless you're involved in hockey like Wayne and I, and yeah. then it, but it can it it the, the the introduction to Rocky and his wife was through docs. Yeah. You go ahead and tell them who Rocky was. Rocky was the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks, one of the greatest franchises in NHL history, who did so much for the city of Chicago and for people he knew. Um, just a great man. After a brief, brief illness, he passed away yesterday at the age of 70. Way too young. 70. He was such a boisterous, loud presence. Like he was, yeah. and not loud as obnoxious. He was just domineering when he spoke to him he was like yeah i'm the man and i remember but he one still day, tra- treated you like you were special oh yeah and he's just an every man's kind of guy i remember we were at a game once and we were sitting in his seats and they were right down on the ice and not up in a skybox somewhere and i said um how many owners sit in the crowd like this rocky and he said i don't think any of them do he goes but how can you smell the hot dogs you know he wanted to be part of that yeah he wanted to know what the ushers were doing, what the concessions were doing. He wanted to, and he took a franchise that was just about drying up, a historical oh, franchise. But when his dad was running it, no, one, they, they, he had blacked out local television yep. and tried to build up sales, and no one came. No one came. Yep. The Blackhawks weren't good enough then. Nobody came. He took it from zero to 60 real quick. Two Stanley Cups. Three. So, three. Three. That's right. Yep. Three. three. The reason we met Rocky is because after Miss P won the Garden, we we'd all get calls. <laughs> I had to tell you about one. Uh, Tom Brady's office called, and I told they wanted a puppy. And Brody said, "Well, I'm sorry, New England fans. Let's just say that Brady didn't get a beagle." <laughs> Brody, I don't think anybody was on board with that one. But when Rocky called, first of all, you think they're kidding, right? It's in the Chicago Blackhawks office. Yeah, right. Um, and they wanted a puppy. Um, Lori and Eddie and Will and I, we, you know, we all talked about these things. And um, we had a male, there was a male puppy in the litter who was beautiful. He had a solid brown leg on the show side. That should mean nothing. But we all knew it did. So I'm still thinking, does this guy just want a trophy? You know, I don't know this guy. But he predicted that we'd say that. And he said, I want you to come up for a game. And I want Miss P to drop the puck. Right? So you got, I had the flu. <laughs> but you and Haley and Cheryl and um, didn't Adam come? Adam Carlson and Doug yeah. Carlson went with us. And Jan yeah. Zeech went with us, who yeah. was a huge Chicago fan. So. Yeah. And Rocky, you know, put on a great show. And Miss P dropped the puck. And life was good. Well, he then wanted a puppy. So I, uh, we decided that he, he wanted two. We weren't going to give him two Miss P's, but we gave him, well, she only had a few puppies. Uh, he got the male and then he got a female from another, uh, another bitch that Lori had. Lori Cranelmar from Vancouver, no, not Vancouver, from Mentor BBC who bred Miss P. Um, so Rocky said, yes, I'd like to get those two. And I said, well, the problem is, Rocky, we can't get them to you without them being shipped from Enderby to Vancouver, Vancouver to Toronto, Toronto to Chicago. He goes, well, that won't do. We'll take our jet. So Cheryl and I 
and Rocky and Marilyn, his wife, and Rocky's vet and his wife. Um, that's sad too. Anyway, we got to um, Chicago and it's the little signature private airport part. And um, we, we got on the plane. Rocky's making sandwiches, serving drinks, cleaning the table. Just, you know, just the six of us in the private jet. He's taking care of us like he's a waiter in the stands at the United Center, right? He's doing <laughs> just as you would imagine this guy is. And he brought his vet along and it was hysterical. So he landed in Kelowna, uh, which is the closest airport to Lori. Direct, you know, obviously direct flight. And we pull in the airport and we're about to get off the plane. And I said to the pilot, oh, I forgot my passport. He goes, you don't need, you don't need anything here. You don't need anything. You're good. You bring a hockey owner to Kelowna, you're good. So we walk into the lobby of this little airport and no one checks on anything. Hello, Mr. Wirtz, everything okay? Blah, blah. And we go out in the parking lot to meet Lori and get the puppies. And I have great pictures of Marilyn and Cheryl and Rocky and Lori and the puppies. And it was such a big day and they were so happy. And we we got back on. We just walked right out the airport, no customs, no anything, and got on the plane with the puppies. And they were just running around peeing and having a great old time. And Rocky was cleaning up and running. <laughs> it was delightful. It was oh, and we got our puppy too. Uh, we got Olive for Haley and Ben, our daughter and her husband. And uh, so we had the three puppies on the plane. It was quite wow. a goat rope. But we pulled into Chicago. And our and Rocky goes, now this is where they can be a problem. And he we watched the customs agent come across the tarmac to come to the plane. And he looks and he goes, ah, no problem. That's a hockey fan. <laughs> so we had no problem. But uh just that kind of guy, you know, regular down-to-earth kind of guy who really knew how to reach out to the fans and the people. And oh, I, I forgot the middle story. It did, we forgot, I forgot this part. We weren't sure that this guy still still deserved, I'm not saying deserved Miss Pea Puppy, but was he really just looking for a trophy or he really loved these dogs? So he went up to his office and you park in the owner's lot, little lot, you go through a back door, let's get janitor door, and you go in the janitor door and you open the room and you're in Rocky's little private dining room and his office. And his office is not for friends even. He just, you have the cocktails and the food out there for his friends and whatever local hockey celebrities. But he said, come on in the office. And Cheryl and I went in and there's two giant framed photographs in the office, just two. It's a big walnut wall paneled office, probably his dad's design. But he had the two big framed pictures of the two, at the time, two Stanley Cups. Sitting next to the Stanley Cup in the photograph are his two beagles, King and Queen. King and Queenie, original names, right? And uh, King and Queenie sitting, Stanley Cup, no hockey players, no Rocky, Stanley Cup, two beagles. Other wall, Stanley Cup, two beagles. Well, this guy certainly deserves a beagle. He, he likes beagles. Much. He likes beagles. <laughs> and Marilyn would say, you know, gosh, I'd be with them all day and, they, and feeding them and walking them. They liked me. But when Rocky came home, oh, man, it was like, look how dad's here. <laughs> they're going to miss him terribly. Um, But they wanted to, this is another Rocky story. They, um, they wanted a trainer for the dog. So I hooked them up. I called our friend who had a friend Chicago and the trainer came over and I talked to her a few months later. I said, how's it going? She goes, "Um, I work here full time now. (laughs) Just taking care of the dogs, training, hanging out with Marilyn, (laughs) feeding the dogs. They were so, they still, well, Marilyn and Rocky, most dedicated beagle lovers you ever met in your life. So, um, yeah, he'll be greatly missed. And, of course, stupid ESPN writes some AP article about Rocky. And all they can talk about is the mistakes his father made and some scandal that Rocky was not involved in at all. And it really pissed me off because Uh they should know better. This guy put this franchise on the map and was well-loved by everybody in that city and beyond. He so, brought the team back to life. There's no yeah. question he did. You know, it's it's yeah. unbelievable how how they've treated him like that. And um, I remember seeing an interview with him one time, and and they were talking about something positive. 
And they kept trying to bring it up and kept trying to bring it up. And Rocky all smiles, but he kept shutting them down, shutting yeah. them down, you know. Humble guy, man. Just yeah. such a humble guy. But anyway, he'll be and great. You know, whenever the, whenever the Blackhawks came into Toronto, I'd shoot him a message. I'd have the best seat in town. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the last time I spoke with him, um, Queenie died after flying in a heart surgeon and everything else to try to keep her alive. She was old. These are the two that Oprah got for him. <laughs> uh, let's just say they weren't as attractive, <laughs> but they love them. You know, they love them. And uh, so, by the way, they wanted, remember Marilyn wanted Miss P? What's oh, she wanted Miss P. Oh, my yeah, God. And I, I was at that point, I was afraid to leave her alone with her. Oh, you, go, you go down and watch the game and leave P with me. You don't go watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna abduct my dog <laughs> oh Marilyn's a beauty anyway um she'd call a lot about the dogs and she called and said um she, she was hysterical the queenie had passed away and she needed another beagle right away and i said Marilyn, i'm not sure that's a good idea you know just think about that because it was the day she died the day queenie died this went on for quite a while and then i get a call from rocky um wayne do not let Marilyn get another dog right now. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> He's in the background. No, don't let her get one. <laughs> they just love their beagles so much. Their life would stop for these dogs. Never cared to show them. Um, I guess we could have convinced them to do that, but it, it didn't feel right. They yeah. were just beagle lovers. You know, so. That's all it came down to. I, I remember when, when we went there for the dead puck dropping ceremony and uh we went to dinner in his his restaurant and pete came with me pete, oh, pete sure. sat right beside me while we had dinner and rocky yeah. would feed and run to the table <laughs> get her some steak yeah <laughs> i'll get her some steak i'll go to the store that would be more him right i'll run across the street to the house get the steak bring it back cook it for her. but they had bought the uh they wanted us to bring i always wanted to bring the beagles up to run around and they bought the house behind their house for guests. It became available and they bought the house. So they opened it up. So um, I was talking to Rocky and I said, what are you doing, Rocky? He goes, because he's huffing and puffing a little bit. He goes, well, I've got all the things in the laundry basket and I'm carrying them from one house to the other so we can start moving things over with all the money in the world. <laughs> Throw things in the laundry basket, take them over to the other house. Yeah. You know? What a guy. Anyway. Um, yeah, and just, just a, a wonderful person. Just a man that yeah, I'm so happy I met. So, yeah. Uh, I've got to say that thinking of the wonderful lives that we can give these dogs, we've got this little beagle named Hazel. I talk about her all the time. She's eight years old, maybe, maybe nine. And we got Lori sent her to us. And we. it's the first time in my life I want to send one back. She was horrible, Will. She was horrible. She was untrainable. She was mean. She was rotten. Uh, you, you couldn't get her to come when you call her. I'd lay on the ground and make believe I was crying so she would come to me. Nah, didn't care. Didn't care. <laughs> but end up being the most precocious, smart puppy in the world. So fast forward. We have a new neighbor with a Brittany. And she's lovely and the Brittany's lovely. He's the biggest one in captivity, but he's lovely. <laughs> Last night, uh, Debbie texted Cheryl and I and said, come over to the back porch, uh, have a glass of wine, and uh, of course, bring Hazel. So we bring Hazel, we're sitting on the back porch, Angus and Hazel kind of like say hello and then lay down. Hazel jumps up on the couch of the stranger's house, and then we go inside for a tour, and of course, the dogs come along with us and just walk along, behave themselves, lay down. And it was so, I, it sounds so normal, but we forget how special those moments are. Having these pets follow us around, us following them around, just hanging out on the sofa with them. That's what it's all about. And so many show dogs do get that. Um, they do get that uh, house pet stuff. Not all of them. But it really is nice when we give them the opportunity to be dogs and go play. Oh, there's no question. And it's amazing what they mean to us. Like I, like I told everybody, I've been ill the last couple of weeks. If I didn't have my kids here, I don't know what I would yeah. have done. They followed me around the house. Mm. Clark was so worried. He'd, he'd stare at me while I slept. It was just, he was, they're just, they're just, yeah. Jay would cuddle up with me. It was just, you know. Um, 
Clark is Will's Bouvier, and I just saw him. We mentioned last week that I'd shaved my beagle, and he'd shaved his Bouvier. And Will said he looked like a cane corso. Um, I can tell you for sure, that's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> you just forget what a Bouvier head looks like without hair, right? <laughs> But he's so cute and so loving and so and he was a terrible puppy too, right? Oh my god, yeah. The first six months I had him, I wanted to ship him back. He, he had <laughs> such separation anxiety. If I left the house, he'd break out of wherever he was and just trash the place till I got back, you know. Yeah. Now he's hey, the best so. dog in the world. I don't know where he is now. He's right beside he's right beside me. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> They're all having their their breakfast and and snoozing. He won't eat unless I'm in that area. Really? Yeah. He he's uh, he, I've got to be sitting in the kitchen area, and he'll he'll finish his breakfast. Where the beagles, they don't care where. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I have to set her right now too, and and she's fast asleep. But she she just, as soon as food comes out, then they they don't they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We uh we were at Debbie's house last night. She has the Brittany. We have the Beagle. She has a sporting dog. We have the Hound. She went to give them cookies and she goes, oh, Angus, I guess Hazel got yours too. I'm like, it's a Beagle. You got to be really careful handing out snacks. Oh the other dog's never going to get one. <laughs> I, like, I don't know people saw the video probably, but I give my dogs carrots in the morning. And Jay, the ultimate food hound, AJ, he takes his carrot. He tries to swallow it whole just in case any crumbs come out of the other three so you can dive down and forget he'll be dagging i'm like well it's your own damn fault take your time and finish what you're doing and you know these are things that are so characteristic of dogs uh each breed has got those quirks boy there was an article it was so infuriating about there's no difference between every breed's got the same temperament and personality or some oh, bull. Far from I thought, you gotta be kidding me. The problem with that report, Will, it was self-reporting, right? So they sent questionnaires to random people who were interested in the study that had dogs, and they asked them to, to tell them about their dog's behavior. Well, how's your child? Oh, the smartest, best one in the world. Yeah. How's your kid? Uh-huh. Wonderful. How about your dog? Oh, even better than that. Perfect. Doesn't do this, doesn't do that, does this. So yeah, let's train an Afghan to fetch. Well, you could, I suppose, but why would you? That's not what they're bred to do. Yeah, I'm not so sure they'd bring it back. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm they'd not. watch you throw it, wait for you to go, maybe you should go get that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My, your cat has a better chance of going to fetch it. <laughs> but when, you, when someone calls us to buy a whatever... Uh, it's well, you know, beagles, you're not going to have them off leash. It's a rare beagle. You can rare beagle, you can have off leash. They're going to go find the rabbit or the squirrel. Now, if it's a rabbit, there's a good chance they're going to just circle the house because the rabbit's going to run in a circle and you'll eventually get them back if you wait in the right spot in a circle with some pan of food or something. But if it's a squirrel and you don't know that, or a deer or a possum, you're not going to see them, they're gone. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, I, I, I will say. AJ for a beagle has a pretty good recall. I don't know if I'd trust him loose somewhere, yeah. mm -hmm. but he has a pretty good recall. And because he has good recall, Mia thinks, oh, Jay's getting fed. So she'll <laughs> chase him back. Right? <laughs> Whereas Clark, I could send him out to go check the tires. Go check yeah. my tires. Clark will go right back. You know? <laughs> That's beautiful. We have, um, we have, a couple dogs in the neighborhood, and they all have such unique breed-specific personalities. It's just standard poodle from your client that um, aren't, we've got Barbara, yeah, yeah, and she's so brilliant and smart, and she just runs around like a poodle, you know, with her neck arch. Like, hi everybody, I'm a poodle. Damn it, look yeah. at me! It's so cool. And we used to have, we had three Britneys here at one point, and now we're down to one, I guess. Yeah, um, we have a lovely neighbor. He's such a good guy. And he wanted a golden doodle. And this is before we knew him. So he asked his vet and his vet gave him, because vets know so much about dogs. Um, and I don't mean that yeah. in general. A lot of them do. But so many of them just, they know about the insides, not the outsides, which is understandable. Uh, anyway, they can't learn 400 breeds either because they're studying other stuff. So he sends him a woman who has golden doodles. Um. She's the coolest dog in the neighborhood. I love her to death. 
but she looks just like a silken windhound in tan. She has no resemblance of a golden or a poodle. None. She's probably 35 pounds, kind of whippet size, um, thin, very thin, light cream color, uh, sighthound head, um, nothing like her. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he's a good guy. And what Dan does, because he's he's such a good guy, he bought her for $500 and then he donated $500 to the local shelter because he felt bad about it. <laughs> but he loves his dog just as much as we do. Oh, and for sure. she's just as beautiful as our dogs. And yeah. we have a great neighborhood of dogs. It's really fun. Um, it was interesting. Last night I did a handling class here in, at the house and uh, I don't know what happened. It ended up being a great Dane specialty. It was all great Danes <laughs> and one English setter. <laughs> Oh my God, we had so much fun though, because they were, they, their levels were from someone that had won groups to someone who had never been to a dog show. Oh, cool. And uh, and then the English setter was in between. The English setter was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, we had so much fun. And I like doing those small classes. There were like maybe eight of them. And it was all great deans on one, one setter. And they all listen and they all have different opinions. And there was this one girl and she had a, a like a five month old great dating bitch. You wouldn't believe it, Wayne. This this bitch in the process of the half hour to 40 minutes that we were into the hour class, she became a superstar. Like really? she just became a superstar. And I kept telling her to stop showing off. And the girl's like, <laughs> it, wow. was, it was amazing like even oh, the great cool. dean people that had been there been in deans for a while this bitch would stop and do a free stack and they're like oh, where did that come from <laughs> oh cool <laughs> still the english center's like what what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we had fun we had like we a good love time. our english centers we just love them but boy um i remember when we my dad, well, I bred some English setters too, my dad mainly. And when we got the pointers, we thought, wow, uh, we didn't we didn't realize how much smarter pointers were than English setters. Um, charming English setters, and I love them. And I really like to have another one. But um, as far as the trainability scale, it's it's different. It's a different well, scale. Well, they're men for one thing, and then and then yeah. and they're good at their job. But but yeah. it's it's funny when you watch, like there's these great days, and then it's an outside venue, so they're like very, very sure of themselves, and you know, yeah. and there's cars going by. I don't live right on the road, but there's cars yeah. going by, you can hear them. The English is like, Can you guys hear that? <laughs> great days, <laughs> what? <laughs> there's something over there. Well, there's not. <laughs> But it's part of their charm. You know, I just, I love living with them. They're just the greatest dogs to have around. And they're so pretty too. Yeah. But, oh, we've had more than one character English setter in the house. That's for sure. Um, loved them all. Loved them all. Now, what do your neighbors think, or the cars going by think, Well, when you're standing in the yard with seven great well, dogs? one guy walked by, he said, it's like a horse show over here. <laughs> I said, pretty close, pretty close. <laughs> That's got to be interesting. Why is this man standing in the yard making people run around in circles with their great name? There's something wrong with this picture. I made this nice ring. I got the yellow rope and the poles and it's all done up, you know. Come on in, guys. How nice. You can walk to work. Yeah, pretty well, yeah. That's yeah. what I want to do. I want to do it because people were, were asking about privates, which and that's why I thought I started doing privates. And I started doing this chat chat room on Facebook, and then it just built up and built up and built up. And now I, I have two classes a week going. So cool. Oh, good yeah. for you and good for the sport too. Get some trained dogs in the room. I just enjoy it too. I, I, I when you see someone like her, her name was her name was Vashna, and and she had this great damn puppy and. uh when you watch her just soak in everything you're saying, by the end of the class, she's like just hitting the mark. It's like, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that'll keep people in the sport. And oh, she's so excited about going to dog shows. They're all, I, I said, I want to do another class tomorrow because I want to do them Monday, Tuesdays, but because I haven't been well and they were all so patient, I said, let's do another one tomorrow night. And because there's, I don't, I, I don't take the, I, I it's a pretty big, group chat i don't want them all to come at once we're trying to pick right. nights so uh yeah we're all doing it again tomorrow night and i think it's a couple of the great dean people have already asked if they can come back <laughs> like, wow that's so cool you'll be the great dane king 
Yeah, yeah. He showed many great things? No. <laughs> yeah. I well, there are not many that would go out with a handler, right? Well, it's 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 a it's a difficult breed, I think, to show because they're not meant to do what we want them to do. Right. So I don't, I don't know if you've ever shown a great dame, but when you half time you go back there to fix their back, back ends, they're like, no, you're not, and they collapse on you. Yeah. So you're better off trying to walk them in and fix one leg, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh there's nothing more majestic. Like even this five-month-old puppy, when she stopped and and she mm-hmm. was so confident and, and the girl did the right thing in front of her and it, it's a beauty. You know, it's fun to yeah. watch. Well, wolfhounds the same way. Yeah, Set up sure. a wolfhound. I mean, that's not their gig. <laughs> and you just have to walk into them. Uh, and then you get the ones that will walk into it every time. And you get the ones that if you reach back there, bad things are going to happen. There's no oh, doubt. Yeah. Oh. Why are you back there touching my leg? Exactly. <laughs> I, used to, I used to run this class years ago and I have big wolfhound population in the class. Because there was a, a big, there's a wolfhound breeder in the area. So all the, all, they all came and, uh, at least once, at least once a class, somebody was body surfing behind their wolf Because <laughs> <laughs> the wolfhound decided, oh, that's enough. We're going home. <laughs> Killian had so many. I mean, I keep talking about the greatest dog that ever lived, my wolfhound. I'll never, ever, ever get over. Um, but we would, we'd go for walks, at, well, many times a day. He loves to go for walks. And we'd get to a corner. And this is in an area where I had to have him on a leash, you know, and there was more cars. We'd get to a corner, and I'd want to turn right. And he decided he wanted to go the other way to the coffee shop or whatever. And he wouldn't pull. He would just stand there. And you weren't going to budge him. He would just stand there and just lock down his feet. And it was like you trying to pull a car. He would just stand there. And then all of a sudden, you, you want to go this way? And then boom, 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 off he goes. He decided which way you wanted to go. But that's a whole different breed. And you want to own every one of them, Will, because every one of them is so special. Oh my and so God. wonderful in their own way. And that bring I was thinking about that because it's amazing how people get stereotyped into certain breeds or groups. And I remember being at Bucks County one time when Pete was there, Peter Green, and he was on a mission. Off he went. He was on a mission to go look at something. And I saw this catch up to him. Hey, yeah, I'm Will Harry. Anyway, I asked him where he was going, and he was going off to look at a boxer. I said, a boxer? He said, there's a boxer here that's a cracker. Well, I want you to take a look at this one. So we we went and watched the boxer ring, and he was enthralled watching this bitch. And he was telling me all things that, it, that he was missing that this bitch had. And it was just so much fun to listen to him talk. And here's this terrier master telling me about boxers. But Who's that's never going to show a boxer, never probably did. Never probably would. not. No. Just no. wanted to learn. He just yeah. wanted to see these ones. And when he, when, he, when he saw a great one, he knew a great one or a good one, you know. I never, well, I shouldn't say I never met a breed I didn't like. There's a couple, <laughs> but, but I bet if I live with one, I love them. I, there was a ranking thing. It was these top 10 things really fry my whatever. But <laughs> there was a list years ago that was quite popular that said Afghan hounds are the dumbest breed. How stupid and ignorant a statement is that? Oh my God. They gosh. do in the desert? That's brilliance. Exactly. That's brilliance. And you can watch them when now obviously some of them are aloof and they don't want to yes be, they don't want you in their face. That's what they're supposed to do. Exactly. And but if you stand back and watch them, watch their areas and watch what's going around them, they are very calculating, very smart. I would never if I was in a if I was a burglar, I wouldn't want to break into somebody's house with an Afghan. No, me either. With a beagle, it's a problem because if you have food, they're gonna show you the safe and the combination. Right, right. <laughs> And Clark is great unless you have a baby gate. <laughs> uh, don't fetch me in. Don't fetch me in. So you've got um, a Bouvier, Beagles, Irish Setters. What else? Border, border Terrier. terrier. Uh, what other breeds have you had as pets or lived in your house? That uh, I, I grew up with English Cockers because yeah. I, when I was a kid, I wasn't large enough to show Irish Setters. So I got English yeah. Cockers. And they're still one of my first loves. I love English mm-hmm. Cockers. I've had Springers. Um, my parents have had Labs. I love Labs. I had a yeah. Lab bitch that, that Lisa Weiss gave me that was the best dog in the world. Yeah. And uh, I just love them. I just love them. Um, I, we had Dobermans growing up. I love Dobermans. Yeah, um, you can't lock this into one breed. 
What's that? You can't lock us into one breed. No. It's, I often get asked, what's your breed? Well, I mean, we bred foreigners for 32 years, but I've had Border Terrier, Columbus Spaniel, English Coonhound, Irish Wolfhound, Beagles, English Setters, Pointers. I'm sure I'm missing a few um, that we've had and loved. English Toy Spaniels, uh, which we just love. Oh, I had a Papillon, too. Had a Papillon. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Dustin Hoffman was his name. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah and they were each so unique and so special um english toy spaniels everybody should have a couple of those they're so smart you don't realize how almost papillon smart um and intuitive and adorable and wonderful to live with um mm, i love that breed yeah. and you know i most people wouldn't peg me for an english toy spaniel guy from sporting dogs or hounds usually but those things are universal Every breed is so special, except a couple of them, and I'm not going to name those. <laughs> but if I had a boarding kennel, they wouldn't be allowed in them. <laughs> no, I, I guess I also had a poodle house dog for a long time, too. So. No, I'd love to have a poodle. Yeah. I'd have to live about 300 years to have one of every breed I've wanted. Yeah. People always know. ask me, will you get another wolfhound? Yeah. But Cheryl would, you know, she'd definitely leave if I got <laughs> I remember Sydney Cook, great Scotty breeder, uh, he used to work with me and uh, years ago. And I really wanted this pointer puppy. And Cheryl was not up for another pointer dog. And uh, I said to Cindy, it's a real dilemma. You know, I really want this puppy. But Cheryl's against it. And Cindy said, but would she leave you if you brought the puppy home? And I said, no, she wouldn't leave me for the puppy. She goes, well, get, get the puppy. And I did. And she didn't leave me. And she ended up liking her. Uh, but I think if I tried that with a wolfhound now at our stage of life, it could happen, Will. It could happen. <laughs> Get out! I've Get always out. loved wolfhounds. I, I used um, to talk to Jocelyn Gagne at shows and say, someday I wanted a wolfhound. Yeah. Uh, there, there's nothing like living with one. Yeah. If I was, a, if I had discovered this breed, well, I had. I just hadn't lived with one. When I was in my 20s, I would have had a. I would have kept the farm and had a hundred of them, like Sam. Not a hundred. I'd have. Did you want? Did you listen to part two of Sam? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's oh, what, brilliant. A, what a good part two! It was. It was. It gave me shivers when he was telling the stories about Sam yeah. Ewing. Yeah. He's he's a great interview. Sam is, and a great character. Sam McDonald. Sam Houston McDonald. Sam Houston McDonald. Yeah, just just yeah. a character and and a wealth of knowledge and full of stories. Yeah, such good stories. You know, yeah. we had a really good discussion about dogs on the day couple weeks ago and we we're talking about some dogs that we've both done for and didn't do for and i remember him saying i so i went to this big show i won't name it knowing that was my winner and he said the dog looked like a a-frame a turtle what could i do and everyone's well why why'd you put the other dog up because he looked the best to me on the day and then other times he said i gave this dog a best in show I've seen him since, and I don't know what I was thinking because on that day he looked great, but since then he doesn't. Yeah. Dogs change. Dogs I mean, Will and I have changed. They're they're, uh, they're not robots. And remember, you have two minutes to judge that dog. Do you? Yeah. And they do look different over time. No, for, for sure. Good bad. Now you and I will. If you look back, ladies and gentlemen, I would encourage you to find pictures of Will and I when we're 21, 22. We look exactly not the same. much difference. Not our much physiology is it, our body fat. Everything is exactly the same. Yeah. It's really incredible. It's incredible. But not everyone are like us. That's why we're on radio. That's where we have a face <laughs> for radio. <laughs> but uh, I might have. My hairline might have gone back a quarter inch, but I have one. Yeah. I still have I one. have a six head. <laughs> six six blade. I used to have a forehead. I now have a six head. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you have a head, right? Where are you heading? Anywhere fun? Um well I'm I'm down for a while because I have yeah. a yeah. I have a another surgery hernia surgery coming up Jeez, right in the middle of all yes, this uh, and then but after that i'm judging in edmonton so i'm looking forward to Good. that and i'm judging back here in ontario and elgin and then we have a we have a busy uh september you and i both do so yeah we do and october yeah. and i and i think and i'm going to uh washington state oh i have a seminar coming up too in new jersey 
to oh, August. So that'll be fun. Yeah. You know, in, in October, I'm in um, it's October, September. I don't want to screw it up. Maybe we may have changed it to September. Um, Arizona. Oh, good. Brody yeah. was interested in going to your seminar in New Jersey. And I said, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, you already know. You can only <laughs> ask Will. <laughs> no, I think he had shows that weekend or something. With good judges. And that doesn't mean friends. It means people who respect judging our breed. Different. Big difference. You know, I found myself when I was, because I've been been home for two weeks now. And you still scroll Facebook. Whenever there's, you know, they post best in shows. Yeah. Not the wins, the actual best in show event. Mm-hmm. I have to watch. I have to watch. I have to watch each dog. I have to, I, I'm just addicted to it still. After all these years, I still have to watch. I, a friend of mine asked me if I, which I prefer more, showing or judging. And, and, it's a tough call now because I really, really do enjoy that. This next step of, of judging yeah. the dogs. I don't get me wrong. I love showing my dogs. I love yeah. showing the setters and the beagle. And I, I haven't shown the booby forever because we finished them in like a month in both countries. And then that's all I wanted to do with them. But the border terrorist, I don't show him a lot. But when I do, I, I enjoy getting them trimmed. And it's nice now because it's not like I have to. No, I don't have to go down and trim them. I don't have to be at the dog show at 6 a.m. I can I can say, you know what, Mr. Ward, I'm not getting there till noon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to George Ward, who always got to the show immediately. I think the night before he was there. Um, so you're talking about when someone Facebook lives, the, whatever that is, yeah. they videotape Best in Show and post it live on Facebook. Yeah. And you can watch it after that, of course. Right. I, I, like I just love too. it. What's it's that? always fun. It's always fun when the person filming it says, "Shh, don't say that. I'm filming this live. Don't say that. That's an ugly papillon. Don't say the that. worst thing I am like is it was when they run out of battery before someone points. Yeah. <laughs> that's the worst. Because <laughs> then I have to get on. Who won? Who won in Tucson? Who won? <laughs> what do you care, Will? Because I was watching. <laughs> um, you know, Will. I've been meaning to mention. Um, you know, we love you and we love Canada and we love all your stuff, but. The smoke signals that you're sending, uh, it, it's brutal. Yesterday was brutal. You could barely see. But I figured out, this is the smoke from the wildfires in Canada. I figured out what they're saying. Because yesterday, it looked to me like the smoke was forming 32. I think it was 32, 30 something. And I realized. I know where he's going That's with the number folks. of years. That's the number of years it's been since Canada won a Stanley Cup. A Canadian team won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So what we're thinking, Will, is we'll trade you. Uh, we'll give you back. Um, there's got to be some Canadians want to give you back. Um, well, we'll give you the Stanley Cup if you'll give us, I don't know, um, Jewel, Katie Lang, Justin, no, not Justin Bieber, and Michael, and who's Bubbles? What's his name? Michael Dubois? Yeah. Michael we'll take the Oh, and Van Morrison. We definitely want Van Morrison. In fact, keep all the other ones. We just want Van Morrison. Yeah, that sounds a good deal. But you know yeah. what? Let's try it this way. Let's take our 70% of the NHL and let them all play back in their home country, Canada, and see what happens. Yeah, probably the kids, some team from Phoenix, where the kids all grew up in Phoenix, they'll probably win. Isn't that where you start <laughs> players from, from Phoenix? <laughs> That hockey match. Mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> hey, when I think hockey, I think Canada, and that's all there is to it. But uh, yeah, well, we're close. You know, we're close to the border. So we have street cred. Minnesota, Michigan, we have street cred. Um, and there are plenty of, of juniors teams who don't like coming down to Detroit to oh, play. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Especially like those border cities, they have great hockey organizations well in the way it's going now like you said arizona they've produced two of the best players in the league right now age thompson and and austin matthews it's it's universal now you know it is yeah it's cool and And you know what has nothing to do with the canadian influence and the quantum you know but but shane doan was uh was uh austin matthews hero growing up shane doan is a good canadian boy (laughs) i would guess that every american kid has grown up with a Canadian hero. And that's one of the reasons the sport's so popular. Now, there's only how many games? 62? Games? Yeah. No, 80. 82 or something. Well, with the playoffs, 
no, no, eighty-two season. Yeah, but with the playoffs, it's even more than that, right? With the playoffs, depends how well you go. You know, but still eighty something, whatever it is. I don't know. Well, it's eighty-two regular season games right. plus the playoffs. So eighty-two chances to win a game. Do Not I? in our sport, will eighty-two chances to win a game? Yeah. Not in our sport, will there's four hundred and sixteen chances to go and best sixty days in September at all. Hose me down three shows a day. <laughs> <laughs> It is Put me amazing. in, coach. <laughs> I don't know. When we had just, you know, I don't know. I, never I mind. Know. It's, I, it's I, hard to not talk about it. Yeah, but yeah, when I was a kid, we had shows not every weekend. And Sault Ste. Marie, which is about seven or eight hours from us, even when there was a show in Sault Ste. Marie, we all went. Yeah. Now, Sault Ste. Marie weekend, there's two other shows, so no one goes. Mm -hmm. I had some of my best times as a kid in Sault Ste. Marie because, not because, uh, Sault Ste. Marie is a a fine city, because everybody was there. And we got to, like, Iris Center Specials would show up from all around, six hours, eight hours around Sault Ste. Marie. So you'd end up with 10 Iris Center Specials in Sault Ste. Marie, Mm -hmm. and they're dogs you'd never seen before. And it was exciting. And, and and it was those those people are, are are missing out on those memories. I had my first mm-hmm. escargot in a seafood place in Sault Ste. Marie. Really? Cool. And I was about 10 years old. Man, in Gary Holmes. What's that? Get those snails off my plate. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Martin. <laughs> and the jerk, one of my favorite movies. Great I movie. can relate to being the jerk. Yeah. Um, what was the show that you remember in America? Not the garden, not not Morris and Essex, not Orlando. Although, what shows down here did you really look forward to coming to? Don't have it to be was, a big special show. Just what show that you two really shows feel? I loved going to every year was Cobo Hall, Detroit yeah. Kennel Club, because yeah. it was always an event. And anyway, we we would drive there and we'd take a bunch of dogs, and, and it was it was a it was it was an event. It was four thousand dogs, five thousand dogs, yeah. Yeah. and Old Dominion. I loved yeah. Old yes. Dominion. Yes. When, when I finally, I when I was finally when I was showing dogs and I won a group at Old Dominion, it was like I'd won the Garden. It was I was so excited. It's yeah. probably because of Mister Aldridge because that was the shows he took me to when I was a kid. But uh, it was special for us too. It was always special. Oh, for I just loved. I. I just loved Old Dominion. I'll never yeah. forget Best in Show. I was in Best in Show. Bobby Fisher was judging Best in Show at Old Dominion when yeah. I won my English setter. I won the group there, and yeah. Den- he gave Dennis Best in Show with the white poodle dog. I think it was Peter Whisperwinds on a carousel, yeah. Yeah. and he and he told me how close it was between English setter and the poodle. So you could have gone reserve. You didn't go reserve best in show because we didn't need a participation. It It was just enough to hear that he felt that way about my dog. I was over the moon. And I still Mm -hmm. remember Peter Green walking up to me, telling me how beautiful she was. All those things just cling on to your head. Mm -hmm. And it was a special, special time and a special, special show. And Cobo Hall, same way. I can remember the logo. I can remember the colors. Those shows that were special, and still many of them are. Yeah. They had such a, I mean, Westchester, everyone used to wear the white pants and the blue blazers. They still do. That's so cool. You know, that's the history that we need to hold on to, or we won't have Well, Westchester was was a lot of considered the Westminster of the summer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they do, Michael and Michelle are doing a great, and others, doing a super job down there, Um, and now in New Jersey. putting on that great event. We used to have to drive across the river to Tarrytown. Um, it was held, Westchester used to be held at the same place where the garden was held. Oh, yeah. by the way, there's something to talk about. Well, Westminster, back at the tennis center. Yep, it's going to be great. It is. I'm thrilled. I love that facility. Um, and to think, and a lot of this is, has to do with Harry and his crew for parking and, and traffic control. It was like a well-oiled machine, how they all work together. It, that was the first time, first try. Yeah. It was amazing. And no, I can't imagine to see what they're going to do. has an amazing crew. Amazing. Sure crew. does. And to see what's going to happen next year, their second shot at it. I mean, it's just going to be so exciting. I'm looking forward Harry to it. Harry Miller we're talking about who does yeah. the, the people yeah. in Orange, the dog show. That's all. Those are all mm-hmm. Harry's crew. So Yeah. And they want to rightfully won an award this year for services. And 
Um, yeah, just a great, we have so many little factors that make that show special. That's one of them, but you'll see Harry's crew elsewhere, obviously. Oh yeah. We never had Very a group busy. like that. You know What's that? that? We never had a group like that. Foley boys. <laughs> We had the Foley boys. That was a different crew, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) If they liked you and they knew you and you tipped them, they unloaded your car, your truck first and everybody else could wait. They were something else, but you needed your car fixed, your truck fixed, your, you know, your oil changed, whatever. They were there, whatever you need, you know, yeah, Yeah, those guys were great. That was a handful of shows in in the, on the East coast, which is where all the big shows were back then, except for the California shows. And then of course you had some big shows in the Midwest as well, Chicago and a bunch of those. Yeah. You have those shows that you'll never forget. Harrisburg was always a big one for me. I love that show. In um, Cobble Hall, of course, and Eric Bergshay. In fact, that celebration went on this year in Michigan at the Monroe Shows uh, in memory of Eric, who had so much to do with and Mrs. Gasow and Kelly and yeah, so yeah. many others that kept that show rolling. Uh, I won uh, the Breed from the Classes under Tom Bradley with a pointer, first show, and second, the group under Donald Jones um, with my pointer, Ernie. Uh, I never forget it because it was at Kobo, the blue carpet, and two judges who I truly, truly respect. Yeah. It was a big day. And that's one of those memories. And the other memory I had that same day, Will, George was set up next to me, George Ward. He was there, you know, four in the morning, whenever he gets there. And the whole day, he had that Airedale off the bench, just petting on her, plucking on her, hugging her, just there with her the whole time. He was a dog. Oh, he lover. was amazing. He was a amazing. dog lover. I, uh, dog I lover. Pardon me. Dog lover. People, handlers, exhibitor breeders. They make all the difference. The ones that are truly lovers of dogs get the best shows out of them. You I showed a dog an Irish center one best in show at Cobo Hall, which was a great win. It was Mike Billings. But the problem, my most favorite win at Cobo Hall was the group, the English Center, back in 91 or 92. And the breed was under Carol Hollins. Oh, wow. And the group was under Connie Barton. Wow. And in, the, in the picture was my me and myself, obviously, Eric, Connie Barton, and Julia Gassow. And it's just mm-hmm. one of my very favorite pictures of all time. So. I flew home by accident, just, you know, random selection. Eric and I flew back sitting next to each other. They didn't plan it on a flight. And we talked about his dad's old pointers from Sweden and Denmark, the solids he brought over back then. And um, they looked very different. And I still had the ads with those pictures to show him, which were pretty cool. Pretty cool. The the Centennial catalog, the Sesquits, whatever. Cat, no, I don't know what it's. An old one, Will. Uh, and we've talked about this on the program maybe a year ago or so. Henry Henry Stecker gave it to me. It was the AKC show in Philadelphia. And I I love to ask people, how many Goldens do you think were entered at that show, Will? None. Hadn't recognized Golden Retrievers yet. When? Well, eight, whatever this ancient show was in Philadelphia. Wow. That's crazy. Was it Sesquicandy? Something like that. Some Sesqui something. I know it must have been 50 years or 25 years or something. I don't know what it was. But I have the catalog. I'll have to look it up. Um, All these memories are flooding back. I used to love, they used to have the after show party at Cobo Hall, the Poncha Train. Yes. And and even though you were exhausted after two days of showing at the bench show, you didn't miss that. We'd all stick around and stay for the after show party. And that was a judge's dinner that you didn't want to miss either. That was a great judge's dinner. Yeah. Uh, those it, things it was don't... first class all the way, and it was uh, it was an event. I, I looked forward to it every year. Very few shows have judges' dinners anymore, and when they do, they're not very well attended because there's six shows in a row. You just want to go to bed. You're exhausted. You're exhausted. You want to go to a dinner when there was a Saturday and Sunday show. You had enough time to go to the judges' dinner on Saturday night or Friday night, whenever they had it for their weekend. And it was a big event. Now you sit in the peanut gallery in the group ring and have judges and people talking about dogs. We hope they're talking about dogs. I remember over list, overhearing 
a club member go up to Maxine Beam about the judge's dinner at some show, and it was the middle of a summer circuit. And she's like, are you kidding me? I'm going back to my room. <laughs> Absolutely. She was the best, wasn't she? Yeah. Maxine Beam we're talking about. And didn't she come? No, that was Dorothy Nichols that came from Obedience, right? Yeah, Dorothy was Obedience. And she, what a character she was. There were so many great judges. And there still are. We still have her. I mean, Steve Keating's a character, right? Who doesn't want to go to a show and listen to Steve? He's funny. He has a good time in there. He's a character. He likes his ring a certain way. Yeah. But we have those characters still. We need them. We need those characters. Yeah, we do. We sure do. All right, buddy. I've got to walk a beagle and then give her a cookie. Every time Hazel goes out, she gets a cookie for going to the bathroom. That's a well-trained human. (laughs) Human. That's right. So sometimes she'll make believe she has to go out. And you take her across the street and she bunny hops, tugging you back. And you know she's got you. She conned you. You didn't have to go. She pulls you back to the house to get her cookie. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but Kramer used to have this thing about his internal clock. He would set his clock and... There you go, Jerry. You be said. And uh, AJ is exact same way. AJ knows exactly how the system goes. In the morning when I get up, they go out, they come in and get their carrots. Then the next out, they come back in and have their breakfast. Well, AJ is like, okay, it's time to go out again. <laughs> right up the carrots, time to go out again. And in the afternoon, when it's dinner time, he go, they, they go out. He knows it's dinner time. I'll turn around. All you see is his head bopping up and down in the screen door. He, it's time to come in. He just walked out, turned around. And everybody else is off doing their own thing and not Jay. He knows the next step is dinner. <laughs> Hazel is very, she's got some wonderful training techniques. In the morning when she wakes up, she doesn't bark, she doesn't cry. She shakes, she has a collar. She, I know, but you know, Cheryl's got a collar with the tags on. Don't judge us. Uh, but she shakes the collar. Jingle, 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 jingle. That's it. That's your alarm. Jingle, jingle, jingle. And you're and you're off and running at her beck and call. Uh, Jay wakes me up. Jay wakes me up every morning <laughs> around six o'clock, five thirty six o'clock. He That's Hazel. Five thirty six o'clock. Yeah. Every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He right, can go from zero to sixty. He'd be out cold. He's up <laughs> there, right there. All right. Um. Well, where am I going next? I think I have. I guess, do I have something between now and then? I better look. Uh, Washington State and then a couple specialties. And they another club, lovely club, called me to do another Weimaraner specialty. Oh, and I said, I'm doing three. So I said, no, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to take too many. But it's it's a matter of when they're close by. It's yeah. not that you're that great. It's just that you're cheap and you're close by because you don't have to pay a mileage or a flight. <laughs> That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Move to an area with lots of shows. And that's, oh, by the way, that's everywhere. You yeah. get a best in show. You get a best in show. You get a best. The whole court gets a best in show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm out of order. Buddy. I'm out of order. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Should I tell the George Costanza story? No, they, they won't listen. He's not listening. <laughs> yeah, they're not listening. All right. I'll make it brief. A neighbor of ours who's lovely, but a little uncanny. But we, we, we love her. She says to Cheryl and I, I want you to come up. We're having a party at the clubhouse with a band. But friends of mine are coming to town to go to that party. And I want you to meet them before you go. And he's a musician and a professor. So I hear music professor. <laughs> music, music professor. So I can't wait to meet the guy, right? Thinking he's going to be a cool guy, James Taylor, you know, whatever. Bring your tongue drum. Yeah, we have fun. And, Will, I got to tell you, he had high-top black shoes, knee-high black socks, cargo shorts, shirt tucked in, and he looked just like George Costanza from Seinfeld. Was supposed to be the summer of George! We're talking about dog shows in Japan. He goes, Japan. And he starts to give me, I thought, oh no, George Costanza right here live. And by the way, he tried to play the trumpet the night after the party and it sounded like an elephant running for the wood. You know, they're, the band's playing Sounds of Silence or Bridge Over Troubled Water. 
And there's Art Vandelli on the trombone yeah. or a trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> it was George Costanza. Anyway, he doesn't have a dog. We should have known right away that would be a problem. Anybody with dogs love? <laughs> with I better stop talking. Everybody that loves dogs, we love, Will, right? Oh, Almost yeah. everybody. Almost, Almost everybody. everybody. Even Doug Belter. Oh, oh. I do love our Doug. He's a good guy, man. We had a great conversation last week. Um, he's starting to take tests, which is a good thing. We need him in the ring. Um, so yeah, all good with Dougie. He's doing well. He's got some nice puppies and he's having a good time. All that and more right here on the dog show drive. All right, everybody. We'll see you down the road somewhere. Stay safe out there because we want to see you again next week. Pretty good. No way. Way. Better be paying attention, Doc. Thanks for the so Ernie use it in the blooper reel. That's right. We love you, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that in, Ernie. <laughs> Quit taking yourself so damn seriously. I'm falling This is good. We're going to be here in a second, Wayner. Don't lose it, Doc!